When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat. So as we head towards the end of a long and arduous season, the finishing line is in sight for Argyle, who stand on the brink of promotion from League Two and a win on Friday, coupled with results elsewhere, could see them realise their dream. Joining me today to look back on Saturday's dramatic 2-1 win at Crawley and go through our reader questions are our experts Chris Errington and Jack Ball. Hi guys. Hi Good morning. Chris, uh, not the best performance by all accounts on Saturday but what a massive three points for Argyle. Yes, I was sat there after about an hour and Argyle were 1-0 down and I, I just couldn't see them scoring. It was one of those games, um, the pitch was, wasn't perfect but they, they, they didn't have much temper about them, they didn't have much urgency about them, really couldn't see them scoring a goal and they needed a break from somewhere. Um, they got the penalty, deserved penalty. It was a clear penalty. Um, Grand Carey is someone that you feel pretty confident when he's standing over the ball at a spot kick. Stuck it away well, although the keeper got quite close to it as well, so that was a bit nervy. Um, and then you know you sat there thinking, well, one-one, not not the end of the world, but not really, really the result you're looking for. And Ryan Taylor comes up with you know a really really important goal deep into stoppage time, and uh, you know. They're nearly there. I'm still not going to say they're there, Stu, <laughs> but they are nearly there. Jack, you were in the uh, the press box on Saturday, of course, covering it for the Herald. Um, we all know how passionate you are about Argyle. Did you manage to contain yourself when Ryan scored that winning goal? I did. I, I like to think I'm quite professional. I, I, was, sat, I was sat next to a guy um, that worked for the one of the papers around there and he, he was talking to me throughout the match. And I don't think it's quite right for me to jump up and celebrate in people's faces that are you know there for the other team. Although I did want to be in the Green Army, the Green Army were absolutely fantastic. You know, Chris will, Chris will agree, I'm sure. They they were vocally fantastic after the game. They waited behind ten extra minutes, and you can just sense the excitement, and uh, you can just taste taste the promotion almost now. It's so close. Yeah, uh, we we spoke about the um, possible lineup on the show last week, Chris, and uh, I think everyone was in agreement that there were going to be changes for the game on Saturday, and that was very much the case. Uh, Ryan Taylor was one of those that came in and he obviously came up chunks with the winning goal. Justified selection, I guess. Yes, yeah, I mean, he, he had a difficult afternoon. We spoke to him after the game and, uh, you know, he said he had a bloody nose and a fat lip. And it was one of those games where, as a striper, you, you get battered from pillar <laughs> to post by two big centre-backs. Um, a lot of the time, particularly in the first half, the ball was uh, played to him from quite deep positions. It was it was really hard going for him, and um, but he kept plugging away. And when the chance came to him in stoppage time, I thought he took it really well. Um, great little header from Sonny Bradley, you know, just nodding the ball into his path. But there was still plenty of work to be done. And uh, he held off uh, Joe McNerney, who was trying to pull him and uh, push him. And uh, it was a great finish. And, uh, you know, pleased for him because, uh, you know, he second goal for Argyle. He's come to Argyle in January and done well. He had a little bit of an injury layoff. I think everyone was saying, you know, Ryan Taylor's got to play instead of Jimmy Spencer against... Crawley and he's come into the team and, and done what um, everyone was hoping he would do. Yeah, and a couple of other changes as well, Jack. How do you feel they, they worked out for Argyle? 
Well, as Chris said earlier, you know, it was it was not an easy game for Argyle. They, they just didn't look like they were going to score a goal. But uh, Ryan Taylor's impressed me a lot this season. He he wins the ball in the air. He can bring it down a lot and, and try and lay it off to other people. And it was one of those games where, you know, the centre-halves could, could wrap their arms around the, stri- the lone striker and pull him around and nothing was given. As soon as he did anything back, it was a, it was a free kick. One of those kick games. But... I think Gary Sawyer came in and looked, and looked pretty pretty decent, and and Jan Songo as well. I think it was it was quite a good change. Frelkel just started in midfield, and Gary Miller went off at half time, and they reverted roles. So that was that was um, one change that possibly didn't work so well. I'm not sure about that, but it was it was it got them the result at the end of the day. What about this right back role? Um, you know, we've spoken about Gary Miller before, and he does seem to be the sort of target of the fans' abuse. Yeah, I guess, I was, at the uh, a lot of. When the our goal players were getting off the coach at the start, there was a few murmurings when uh, when uh, Gary Miller came off. I don't think he's been that bad. I mean, whether he's good enough for League One is is a different question. I I would rather see Frelka there personally. I think he's excelled wherever he's played this season, and if it's down to me, Frelka would be getting a position over Miller. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's funny, isn't it? Because you know Calvin Miller last year got to stick you know quite often, and, and he was the right back as well. So I don't know mm. what it is about that particular. <laughs> position that, that that causes problems. I'd agree with Jack. I mean, I'd, I would, you know, go with Oscar Threlkeld as right back. Not because Gary Miller's a bad right back, but I just think Oscar Threlkeld has shown a lot of potential there and I think he, he gives you some good energy going forward. Mm. Um, but he's, you know, strong in the defensive side as well. So, um, you know, I, I, I would have Threlkeld playing there. Um, and then you've still got the option of, uh, you know, playing Songo or, or somebody else in the centre of midfield. Uh, yeah, Sokolik missed out because of a hip injury on Saturday. So that's why um, Songo ended up in the centre of defence. When he signed for Argo, I remember a few a few journalists from the, from the area where he was playing before said that he's he's an alright defender, but he's not very good at getting forward. And I think that is where Frelkeld is better than Miller is that he can get forward better and cross balls much better than Gary Miller. Yeah, I guess when you play such a narrow kind of formation, you you're relying on that yes, width from your fullbacks yeah. to to provide crosses, don't mm-hmm. you? Yeah. Uh, just one other thing on the game. Obviously, Sonny Bradley went back to, to Crawley. What sort of reaction did he get from the, from the home fans? Well, not too bad, I wouldn't have said. Um, I mean, there was, what, 3,400 and 1,500 of them were Argyle fans, so it was it almost felt like a home game at, at times. But no, he, he seemed to get a decent reception. He was captain there, ever-present there. And, and as you sort of mentioned, Sonny Bradley, he was um, named in the EFL Team of the Season on Sunday night. And that's from all three divisions, yeah. the Championship, League One and League Two. He and Ender Stevens, the Portsmouth left-back, were the only players from League Two to, to get nominated into that team. And I think that's a fantastic um, achievement for Sonny Bradley, you know, to, to come to Argyle. He signed um, a week into pre-season, and here we are, you know, after, <laughs> like you rightly said in your introduction, Stu, after a long and arduous season, and he's been voted as one of the best 11 players in, in, in the EFL. Yeah. So, you know... Fantastic for season for him, and uh, you know, congratulations. It's an interesting one as well because when the signings were made, I remember looking at them and thinking, oh, I think mm. he'll probably be third or fourth choice mm. centre back, but he's become such a probably the most pivotal player to the whole and Argo system. If Carly Osborne hadn't been injured in pre season, and if um, Naris Balvitas hadn't had a problem with international clearance at the start mm. of the season, who's to say Sonny Bradley would have started in the team? Yeah. So it's, it's weird how it works, and you know, he. I mean, all, everyone listening to this podcast will know how how much of a key player he's been this season, and um, he, he he's not the captain as well, but he's a leader on the pitch. You can see he sort of rallies people around, and when he plays like he does, then it, it inspires you know those around him to raise their game and make the blocks and tackles and win the headers that he's so good at doing. 
Yeah. Deserve place for you, Jack, in the team of the year for, for Sonny Bradley? Oh, absolutely. I think for, for centre-backs, it can be quite hard to get the recognition you possibly deserve sometimes. And the fact that the Green Army are very vocal in their, in their love for um, Bradley, whether it's online or in, in the terraces, says a lot because it's easy to cheer for a goal scorer, isn't it? But I think he's really recognised for, for the work he does and he puts in a shift. And as a fan, that is what you want to see. You want to see players that are running tirelessly, not stopping and putting their head as a defender and where, where, where they need to put it in. Yeah. Just one other, one other point, Stu, you know, the comparisons with Graham Cockland keep coming. You know, we talked about it before. I've done some articles about it recently. But the year Argyle promoted as champions in 01-02, Graham Cockland got in the division team of the year. Sonny Bradley's done that this time around. So those, those comparisons between those two centre-backs keep on coming. Indeed. Uh, as I say, we had plenty of uh, questions again sent in this week, so thank you to, uh, to those of you who did send questions in. Stephen Mills says, Argyle are nearly there. The team dug deep on Saturday to grind out a winning performance. Do they change tactics or team choice to play Portsmouth on Good Friday? Whatever Derek Adams chooses to do, it will be a cracking match, and the Green Army, I know, will do their best to lift the team. Chris, will, I don't see any need to change tactics, really, I, do I, you? I, I can't see changing tactics, because we've, we've not mentioned, obviously, the win against Crawley was a 13th away league win of the season, which is a club record. They've achieved that by applying those tactics. Everybody knows what Argyle are going to do now, um, but you know Argyle are still grind, grinding out the win, so tactics I, I, I can't see changing. Team choice, yeah, there's, there's options there. I mean, Derek Adams took 23 players up to Crawley with him, so there's, there's plenty of options, um, but I can't see changing the tactics. As Stephen says, it will be a cracking match. I mean, it's going to be a full house. Um, Argyle are going to have massive support. It's going to be a great occasion. And just to, to go briefly back to the point Jack made about the Argyle fans, I thought what was good about the fans on Saturday was that after an hour, it wasn't a good game. Argyle weren't playing well, but the t fans still got behind the team. And that's what you want from your fans. You know, you can talk about fans doing this, that and the other and what have you, but the team needed their back in and they carried on getting behind the team. And in the end, they got their reward. Yeah. Jack? Well, I've got um, off on Friday, so I've got... Yeah, you had a good weekend all round with your winnings on the... Uh, on I know, the I've never won so much money on a bet before, yeah. but yeah. yeah um, so you bought yourself a ticket for the Pompey game. I bought game, myself a ticket for the Pompey game. And I, I, I love covering Argyle away games with work, but I cannot wait to be... I am fan, first and foremost. That's, that's what I've grown up with, so I can't wait to be there. Portsmouth are going to do all they can. Because Argyle can win promotion on that day, if results elsewhere go their way, Portsmouth and Paul Kirk will be doing all they can to stop that from happening. So it's going to be a feisty encounter... A great game for the Sky TV cameras as well, and I'll yeah. be recording that and watching that when I get home as well. So <laughs> I really cannot wait. And I think whatever the result, whatever happens, I, th I think it's just going to be, a, a, you know, a, a game to enjoy. Really, so it's a nice stadium in terms of having the fans vocal. The, the sound carries around quite well in the, the way end, and there's no love lost between the two teams after the last few years. No, that's right. And Chris Portsmouth are in really good form themselves yeah, right now. They are. They've no. won six out of the last seven. The only defeat was away at Stevenage as well. Yeah, so, no, uh, they're they're a, they're a decent team, Portsmouth. They've uh, you know maybe didn't start the season as they would have hoped, but they've really hit good form lately. And you know, trying to be objective about it, uh, you know, wouldn't it be great if Argyle and Portsmouth were in the one next season and renew this sort of rivalry that's built up over recent years? And um, you know, Portsmouth have had to work hard to get out of League Two. It's not been a given, even despite the, the large crowds they get. But um, I, I think if you're being fair, I th you know, Portsmouth should be moving up this season. They've done enough this season and 
like I say, hopefully uh, Argyle and Portsmouth will be uh, meeting again soon in League One. I did say Ender Stevens was the other League Two players in the he team was, of the yeah. year as well. So. Yeah, you know, good good left back that they've got, but they've got lots of good yes. players that we know about from the from the last couple of seasons. And um, yeah, going to be uh, Fratton Park will be rocking, I'm sure. Yeah, so it should be an interesting game. Mm. Uh, Frank Harper, I know you you're not getting too carried away just yet, Chris, <laughs> but um, obviously there's plenty of the Green Army that are. Right oh now. yeah. Yeah. Frank Harper, do you think it would be great if Derek Adams told the players to go out and enjoy themselves by playing football on the deck after promotion is secured? Yes, I mean, absolutely. Why, why not? When the, if, if, if you get promoted, then the, the pressure's off and, and you can go and play football on the deck. It, it, it wasn't easy on, on um, Saturday at Crawley. Um, and on a lot of the pitches that you go to in League Two, it's not particularly easy to play on the deck. Um, yeah, I was a bit... I was a bit surprised that Argyle went quite as direct as they did on Saturday, but you know the ends justify the means. When the pressure's off, you know, then hopefully they can play some good football. You know, there's, there's some definitely some talented ball players in that team. We've we've seen enough of, you know, uh, Carey et al. You know, to know that they can play good football. I suppose at this stage of the season, and Derek Adams admitted it freely after the game. It's all about winning, all about winning. You know, you, you can. Talk about was it a good performance? Was it a bad performance? Tactically, did they get this right? Did they get it wrong? But the three points on Saturday was all that mattered. Yeah, and also the fans loved the result. And you know, if you're questioning whether it was entertaining enough, you speak to any of the fans that were there, and they'll go home happy. You know, so I think like it's finding that balance, isn't it? It's yeah. finding the yeah. balance. You know that. You know, if Argyle had lost that game one 0 playing the way they had done, you know, it, it wouldn't have been a very uh, good afternoon for the fans. The win. Um, obviously, is the most important thing, and, and the, sends the away nature the fans of the win as well. You know? And the nature of the win, that late minute goal, and it just yeah. gave the, everyone such a such a, a lift. But yes, I, I would agree with Frank that, that um, Argyle are capable of playing good football on the deck, and it'd be nice to see it. But I wouldn't want to see good football played and it, you know, end up in a three-three draw, for example. You know, it's a scrappy two-one win. Um, was just what the doctor ordered. I know. Saturday. I know. Derek Adams has come out and said that he thinks the title race is over, but I'd be shocked if they weren't still trying to go for it. If, you know, until mm. it's mathematically impossible, there is still a chance they could win it. And I, I think if you're a competitive person, it's still going to be in your mind somewhere. Yeah, I, I agree because we actually had that debate on the on the podcast last week, and you weren't here at the time. What, what's your take on it? Because my thought was that when Derek Adams came out and said we we're at the title race, I just thought I, it was mind games. I, I think realistically they probably are. I think with the goal difference that makes that extra almost point. point almost. Yeah. So I think realistically they are. But reading everything that Derek Adams has said since he's been here, he's a very competitive person, and I think that he won't be totally ruled out. I don't think, but it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I was shocked when he said it, but I understand why he said it because I, I, I personally think that Doncaster won't slip up either. So no, and uh, Darren Ferguson certainly thinks it's. But while uh, it's mathematically possible, it's it's, it's, it's there, isn't yeah, it? Exactly, uh, Richard. Uh, where, sorry, where are we? Richard, um, I think it was Richard Sloman. Has Derek already decided which players he'll be releasing, or is there still time for someone to impress? Um, the question looking ahead to next season. Really, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I suppose it depends which division Argyle are in. He'll, he'll have you know ideas in his mind about uh, what he's going to do, whether um, Argyle are in League One or League Two. Um, I can't imagine there'd be that many released, to be honest. Um, you know, if if let's assume that Argyle go up. Um, I think most of those players will be given a chance to uh, to try and make the step up. I would be, you know, there'll be there'll be you know a few that will um, leave the club. But um, is the time for someone to impress? Yeah, there's always time to impress. You know, when you get a chance, you've got to go on the pitch and 
and uh, make the most of it. I remember one season, um, not that long ago, Nathan Thomas looked as though he'd probably be leaving the club. And ironically, Argyle played Portsmouth and he came on as a sub and had an absolutely blinding cameo appearance in the game at Fratton Park. And um, I'm sure that performance swung it that he got a new contract from, from John Sheridan. So you've always got a chance to impress, no matter when you come on um, and at what stage. But yeah, Derek Adams will have um, some pretty good ideas, I would have thought, about what he wants to do next season. Yeah, Chuck, we've got a question from uh, Michael. No surname with this one. Uh, once Argyle are promoted and the title is unreachable, should Argyle rotate their squad and play youth players a bit, e.g. Bentley and Fletcher? I think he might possibly do that. You look at Hartlepool last season, he changed the team around and you know had Tyler Harvey and Lewis Rooney playing. I think once once there's nothing essentially to play for, once as Michael said, once promotion is secured and Doncaster are unavailable to catch, they will. But it's, it's interesting, I spoke to Dermot Drummy after the game at Crawley and one of the questions put to him from one of the Crawley people were, do you feel like you have a duty to still play a strong team because it could affect you know, other teams and position elsewhere? Mm. So I know Barnett said that they might yeah. rotate uh, quite a bit. And he said that he felt, yeah, he felt you had to be professional and he felt as a manager you have to almost play your best team because other teams have still got a lot to play for and your results in those games could affect who goes in the playoffs, who gets relegated or, or, or what. He, he did admit he would rotate occasionally, but he wouldn't certainly be making wholesale changes. And I think possibly that's what a lot of managers might, might feel. Yeah. And, just, and just bear in mind to you that Argyle had 23 players up at Crawley. Um, I'm not sure I'd be necessarily rushing in a couple of young players when you've got a lot of professionals in your squad that you know perhaps merit selection. If you're going to rotate the squad, then there's players in that pool that you might want to have a have a look at. You know some of the professionals that maybe on the borderline of you know what you're going to do with them next season and give them a game or two mm. more than the youngsters to sort of make a final decision on on whether you keep them or not. So. Um, you know, it's it's nice if youngsters get a get a run, but when you've got a big first team squad like Argyle have at the moment, I think you need to concentrate on making sure you've got a, a good idea about your first team squad for the following. And season. also, if there's a few players that Derek Hams is unsure about, mm. he might use that time yeah. to exactly. four people to impress. That mm. might be the purpose of the last couple of games. Yeah, just going back to what you uh, touched on there, Jack, with the Barnett situation. What what do you guys make of that? I mean, they've got some big games coming up against. You know, we're looking at the lead table a minute ago, and mm. from first to thirteenth, you mm. can. Any one of those teams can still win promotion this season. I, I, so. think, I think they could get into trouble with EFL if they do too much of it because it, it's competitive balance and things like that. You know, you, if, if Barnet might not have anything to play for, but uh, if teams are going for promotion or relegation, uh, I think they've got a bit of an obligation to uh, to uh, to play a competitive team and not make you know wholesale changes like Jack said. I see both sides. To be fair, I mean Barnet's only fault really is, is Barnet, and if they feel that they want to see some of the younger players. I can understand why a manager might use that time. But on the flip side, if, I, if Barnett's results end up in them being beaten 3-0 by a team that just say are chasing Argyle for promotion and they go above Argyle, I'd be pretty angry as a fan. I'm sure Derek Adams wouldn't mm. be in that sort of situation. I see both sides, but as Chris said, the EFL have been strict on rules about players changing quite a lot this season in, in different competitions. So... I think they need to be careful, especially to be so open about it as well. You know, someone well, yeah, might try and do really. it and not be so open to the press about mm. it. But if you're coming out and saying, "Yeah, we might uh, make wholesale changes," and you're sort of asking for a bit of trouble, really. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we're getting to that stage of the season now where uh, supporters are voting for their player of the year. Uh, Dave Searle's asking, "What have been your highlights of the season so far, going into the final few games, and who personally have been your choices for player of the season?" So, Chris, start with you. Player of the season. Well, you know, when you've got several candidates that's always a good sign isn't it because it means you've had a good season so I think you could make cases for um, 
David Fox and Oscar Threlkeld have had really good consistent seasons. I suppose it's going to come down to Sonny Bradley and Graham Carey for most people. Um, Sonny Bradley's you know in the EFL team of the season, so that uh, speaks volumes, doesn't it? If if I'm picking it, and it's only my opinion, and everyone's entitled to theirs, I, I'd just be tempted to go for Graham Carey because I just think his goals and assists um, have been fantastic. And I do think that it sometimes goes overlooked. He works hard. I thought he worked really hard on Saturday, tracking back, making tackles. Um, uh, he maybe had a little bit of a dip in form at one stage, but you know when you play at a very high level, you know a, a little dip in form perhaps is more noticeable than than other players. So um, I would have Graham Carey as probably my player of the year at the moment. Um, but I could understand why Sonny Bradley would be a choice of a lot of people. And, and like I say, there's two or three others have had good seasons. Highlights of the season, well, um, you know, hopefully the highlight is to come um, with with promotion secured, wherever that may be. But, um, you know, to, to, to see Argyle win so many away games, I mean, they've not always played brilliantly away from home, but they've, 13 away league wins out of 20 is, um, is, is some going, I mean, at any standard of football. Um, Liverpool was great, of course. And, um, yeah, you know, Ryan Taylor's 94th-minute goal on Saturday was... It was quite good, wasn't it, Jack? It was, yeah. I'm on the. I totally agree with Chris that it's, for me, it's between Graham Carey and Sonny Bradley, and I think Oscar Frelkeld would be and David Fox actually be quite unlucky, really, because I think they've been fantastic, and Frelkeld especially, considering the different positions that he's had to play in this season. But for me, I just I think for Sonny Bradley, I think he's just been absolutely sensational this year, and I think following in the footsteps of Peter Hartley and Curtis Nelson last year, they were quite big shoes to fill. Mm. And I think he's come in well and had to work with different different players throughout the whole season. But that's never really affected his game. And I think that's a testament to his character. And so so just about who just edged Graham Carey for me, which you might be shocked to hear because you, you know I'm a big fan of Graham Carey. <laughs> yeah. um, for me, highlights. Well, this has been my first season where I've covered some away games doing the live blog. And getting to speak to some of the opposition managers has is, 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 is been a highlight for me. But in terms of games, I think Connor Smith equalising against Portsmouth. Um, in Oct- back in October in the 89th minute to make it 2-2 was one of the highlights Liverpool going to Anfield and I never thought even with the teams chosen we would get a, we'd get a draw and get a replay seeing the grandstand and, and the Mayflower Terrace full with seats that was for the Liverpool return leg that was a highlight and of course being Exeter is always a particular highlight especially the away game because I was in the media area around all the Exeter fans and the year, the year before I had to I had to put up with, uh, with the other way around so it was nice for the, for the tables to turn for that game Okay, finally then, guys, uh, given a choice, win promotion at Portsmouth or at home to Newport? Ask the fan first, do you yeah, know? I think that's a question, question that is, yeah. I know you're not going to answer this. <laughs> uh. Earlier in the season, I thought, we did a bit a few weeks ago predicting where we thought promotion would come. I, I did think that Portsmouth would be the one that, that I would want it to happen in, but actually, I would love it to happen at home to Newport because I think it'd be nice for the majority of fans that maybe can't go to away games for various reasons. Um, can, can all celebrate together really it'd be nice for it to happen on home turf it would be even better if Graham Wesley was still at uh, Newport but look after the last two years of playoff heartbreak I'm happy wherever it comes um, at least if it does happen on Friday the ones that can't go to the game will be able to watch it on TV indeed yeah I mean I'm happy when it well, wherever whenever it comes it whenever it comes <laughs> I'm happy with that um, yeah, there is there is something to be said for, for winning promotion at home um, and your fans celebrate on, on your pitch but obviously um I think Luton are at home to um, uh, Leighton Orient on Good Friday, you know. So you'd expect Luton to pick up three points in that game. So I'm not too sure it will happen on Good Friday, but yeah, I'm happy. Whatever, 
As long as it happens, I'll be happy with that. I'd imagine, though, if you're an Argyle player, you'd, you'd want to do it at Portsmouth, wouldn't you? Well, I mean, there's going to be a big away support there. Um, you know, but to, just the fact it's Pompey to, as well. To, to do it yeah. there would be, would, be, would be great, yeah. But, you know, I, I suspect, you know, there'd be a pretty big crowd against Newport at Home Park if, it, if things were still going and there was a potential for Argyle to win promotion on Easter Monday. You know, to see a Home Park pretty full and, and, and see a promotion and... I've seen it once before when they beat QPR those years go uh, to win the league and promotion and that was a fantastic occasion and day and um, you know but like I say just get across the finish line <laughs> and uh, I'll be a happy chap. But, well, so, but uh, also Newport will, will be doing all they can to, I mean I think that's a great incentive if, if it doesn't well, happen on Friday not only do they have to say up but if they can ruin mm. a promotion party yeah. that, that gives you extra incentive as well so I, I don't think we should necessarily assume it will happen in these two games it wouldn't totally surprise me if, if our goal did, didn't do it. But it is worth pointing out that, you know, Newport are on a good run of form at yeah. the moment and they're going to be going to Home Park and whatever is at stake for our goal, they're fighting to stay yeah. in the league. Michael Flynn's done a brilliant job since he took over mm. from Graham Wesley. So this is why, you know, I know I'm a bit cautious and a bit sort of, you know, <laughs> um, but you, you can't take things for granted in League Two. People said about Crawley, they've got nothing to play for. Now you tell me, Jack, in the first half, which looked like the team that had nothing to play for? And Dermot Jeremy Atwood said they do have plenty to play for, they have pride to play for. And I don't think, it you, it's, it's rare that you get an opposition that literally do turn up and just don't play. Yeah. Um, sadly, Hartlepool uh, last season, at the back end of the last yeah. season, were, were an example of that. But Argo aren't going to get gifted points, they're going to have to keep working hard. Um, and I, you know, We'll see how it all unfolds, but... I it's a big crowd for them. It's one of the biggest crowds that Newport players will play in front of this season. Yeah, and if they can walk off that pitch seeing Argyle not win promotion, that'll be great for them. They're fighting um, to stay in the football league. I saw that with Argyle for a couple of years running. That, there's no bigger incentive than to... And if they could pull, pull off the survival, I mean, what an amazing story exactly, that would be yeah. if Newport do stay up. So, you know, that, that, that game on Monday would be great and hopefully it'll be a, a very memorable occasion for Argyle fans. But, you know, Newport... I wouldn't discount them as just turning up and being the sacrificial lambs, no way. And we saw what happened with Dagenham yes. last year as well. Yeah, so. no, it's, it's League Two. Yeah, you can't take things for granted because if you do, you come unstuck. Indeed. Right, well, that's all we have time for this week. Thanks to Chris and Jack for joining me on this week's show and to you out there for listening and send us sending us in your questions we'll be back again next Tuesday 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 yeah don't forget games on Friday and mm. Monday so uh, we'll look back on those on what could be a very memorable Easter for our girl thanks for listening bye bye we are always happy to hear from you and if you have any questions for our panel please tweet them to our Twitter account at Herald PAFC or visit our Facebook page Plymouth Argyle The Herald thanks for listening